Welcome off stage. You got Hellboy, Dr. Daddy, and behind the wheel, staring the car. I like to call you <laughs> Sexy Sam. Hope, yeah, My wife doesn't let me drive, so we've got to let yeah, somebody yeah. else drive to here. And I'm on a bike, and I like to drink, so that doesn't, that doesn't work out too good. I got the bubble around my helmet just in case I fall off. Do you do the whole um, GoPro thing on your helmet? No, I've never done What's it. What's with that? That's a little douchey. What, what, what is well, the point to I think to show off and show people. But I've, I've been oh. watching a lot of these YouTube things where you're watching the guy on the motorcycle right. and kind of get into it with a car, then they have some kind of altercation. Yeah. 90% of the time, it's the motorcycle, motorcycle. guy's fine, just being a little douchey. A little bit douchey. Well, I'm, I'm, it's huge in Russia right now just because of insurance and liability. And that's stuff. what I would think. And I get the, the GoPro thing? Yeah, the GoPro thing. No, I get that too. See, I would think it was for if something happened, they could prove, hey, I wasn't douchey, as you said. Yeah, I think that is the point. I see cars with it too. Yeah. Well, I know a lot of motorcycle riders are doing it for like you know safety. insurance and safety oh, yeah, liability stuff. A buddy of mine just ate it. Not kidding here at all. Three days ago, broke what? his uh, sh collarbone and shoulder blade, and he was like inches away from cracking his skull. He got right. lucky. The GoPros make it so you have a good idea of exactly who did what, right. and it's at this point. I, I I remember hearing an expert saying that almost every car is going to start coming equipped with them. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. within the with next some 10 type years. of yeah. camera to be able to prove for insurance company. Well, reasons. I got to tell you, every time I come here to the studio, I make that decision: do I drive or do I ride? Right. And a lot of it's based on timing, and the freeways here <laughs> are so bad. Yeah, but I got to tell you, the vibe when you're riding through the freeway is so tense. You Ooh. you are. You know, so wound up. By the time I get here, it always takes me five or ten minutes yeah. to calm down. I'd rather be in traffic and just listen to you know Music. radio and calm down. But yeah, do you uh, think the GoPro is adding to the douchebaggedness? It's adding to it, but it's also keeping a lot of it at bay. People right. don't want to be caught on camera doing dumb shit. At the same time, unless you have an MTV show, yeah, unless it's exactly it's somebody who's trying specifically to go out there and record themselves <laughs> doing stuff that isn't exactly intelligent. All so right. it, yeah, it can. It's helpful, yeah. but just like the internet, it helps, but it can hurt too. That makes sense. Well, GoPro ends up on the web. So oh, good, hence, good. I like yeah. that. Yeah, hence ah. Mike. Should we get caught up in the web? Yeah. Silky yeah. smooth segue. Ah, love that. <laughs> love that. All right, Sammy. What's your? Let's let's start with you. All right. What's I, caught up in the web with you? This one is one that I caught from a couple days ago. Iranians' women's team uh, for soccer is being investigated for claims of homosexuality. Duh. Wait, wait, who's investigating them? International uh, soccer? No, Iran? it's uh, Iranian, uh, Iranian authorities. Oh. Yeah. Uh, they're going out there. Now, this is, you know, it's homosexuality is prohibited by law yeah, out there. Exactly. People, and Iran, that's yeah, and, Russia. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and people are, yeah, <laughs> And Jamaica. And Jamaica. Yeah, yeah. There's so many uh, stigmas attached to homosexuality that are just plain wrong right. back there that, I mean, people are, are more likely. <laughs> you said back there, sorry. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> back there and back, back there then. 20 years ago. Seriously, <laughs> back there and back then. That's something that blew my mind when I saw that. And it's like, really, you guys are that shocked that the women's soccer team, this is a, a, very, a team sport right. where people spend a lot of time in proximity with each other. And it's a country that's so restrictive with their sexual yeah, laws right. that it makes it so that the only yeah. the only place where they're going to learn anything yeah. about their own sexuality is and around each other. Yeah, is it experimentation? Is it bisexuality? Yeah, it's like a freshman year at college for them. It's experimentation. Yeah. Yeah. So it'd be like the freshman year. You put on fifteen pounds of muscle and you hook up with a girl. <laughs> Call the freshman fifteen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I love caught up in the web because it is. It's talking about things that are happening today or that happened in the past and it, that are coming back today. I, mine is a, a very recent, and whether you listen today live with us or you're listening in six months, I think it becomes a matter of ethics and possibly even gender. In Cincinnati, 
that a child somehow got over a barrier, fell 12 to 15 feet into a gorilla um, habitat, and the male silverback grabbed the child. Now, they don't know, was he protecting the child? Was he playing with the child? Did the gorilla not know his own strength? The bottom line, though, guys, we all saw it. They shot the gorilla. They made the decision to kill the gorilla, not trank the gorilla, because they wanted to save the child. Right. My issue, um, and I don't want to get into who do we toss or anything like that. We'll do that later in the right. show. What I find very interesting with the web and all these stories is you have Jane Goodall, who's considered an expert yes. with right. gorillas. Right. Saying, uh, gorillas in the mist. And the mist. Yeah, gorillas yeah, in the mist, yes. Saying, by appearance, he was protecting the child. Right. He was curious with the child. However, you don't know, is what she said. Right. Yeah. Right. And then you have people coming out against the mother yeah. saying, how are you a good parent if you didn't know where your child yeah, was? Yeah, there's a large out petition against... right now going after her pretty strong. Yeah. yeah. Sadly, and I said this a few weeks ago, I think there's too much, uh, law, too many lawsuits, guys. Yeah. And I think that family is going to sue the zoo because the kid somehow got into the habitat, fell down and all that. Which, as humans, we want to get closer to the animals, but the closer we get, the more risk there is. Right. So for me, I'm caught up in the web with all the different sides. Well, made... let's start with you as a parent. Right. And then Sam when she was five or four. And that's a good point. Does it matter also? Great point. Does your bias matter based on your child's age? I don't think so. If it were Samantha down there, yeah. I would have jumped in. Yeah. First of all, I know what I would have done. I would have jumped in. Right or wrong, yeah. I would have jumped in. Right. Now, let's say I was held back from jumping in, right. shoot the girl. Yeah. I'm all for animal rights, and I do not believe they should be in captivity. They should be allowed to be in their own environment, and if we want to see them, we have to recognize, you know, it's like when a shark bites somebody in the ocean, we went into their home, but yet we kill the shark. Right. We go to a safari, and, and a lion might do something, and we kill the animal, but we came into their home. Right, right. So, yes, I want my child to be alive, but then I want to back up and say, I don't think we should keep these animals in captivity for our own pleasure. That's where I stand on that. Well, we also remember not too long ago, it was similar, and then the gorilla protected the child. Yeah, yeah back in, worked yeah. Out, yeah. Yeah, it was a female gorilla. Yeah, and it worked out okay, and I think people are relying on that to assume. Right. But at no point do we know what his next reaction was. And I oh. think a lot of people calling for tranquilizers, which I think, Someone like me, that's the first thing I thought of, but they don't know the reaction of the, you know, will it make him grip stronger, get violent? He's protecting now himself. Will he throw the child? And that was the thing. If you saw the video, it was the appearance of the aggressive nature of the way he pulled the child to the water, then held him, then pulled him again and held him. As zoo officials, one of the things you might want to have done, and I don't know, I wasn't there, guys, is move everyone away. Because Jane Goodall and other experts said the gorilla was noticeably um, on alert because of the screams. Right, right. So, so protecting. Pr- you know, get all of the people away and still. It, it's it, it's it, still such a knee-jerk response yes. that you have to make. It, it's something that I don't know if people, I mean, we can look back on it and do the hindsight right. game and come up with that, what possible ways we can avoid having this happen again. Right. But really at the end of the day it's a knee jerk response and you have to make that call and you're going to get criticized yeah. one no way or another what. you are and i agree hey guys let me just say this to close off what i want to say and then do you remember uh Siegfried and Roy? Yeah. oh when yeah. The tiger, yeah, yeah yeah okay do you remember what chris rock said about the tiger yeah, of the, tiger went, said, yeah. the tiger went the tiger went tiger yeah yeah <laughs> Who are we to tell these animals yeah. how they're supposed to act again when we bring them into our habitat? And I think that's part of it is because that's what we are saying. Right. And then we w- we have to be mad at someone, so we choose the parent now. 
And if you're next to a lion right. or a gorilla, are you not locked onto that kid? Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. children will oh, yeah. be children yes. and do stupid things. I would maybe in kind of a weird witness way love to know what that window was. Was it 10 seconds or right. was it 45? Right. Was Where she, was the mother? Was she with somebody else and just forgot? Right. I mean, that's pretty aggressive uh, four-year-old to to get climb, over there. climb yeah, in yeah. and go down there, yeah. Because yeah. unless unless they're in the upper echelon of height, I mean, yeah, they had to climb over down. that, walk. Even if he tripped, I don't think you're going to trip into the water right away. But then not to know what to do with it. I, I agree with you. I've never lost track of Samantha or, or Chase for 10 seconds, let's say. Yeah. But I don't let him get out of the car without knowing you walk to the front of the car, not the back, right. and you wait for me and or yeah. your mom. Only because I can't control the other drivers, Right. So if they get out of the car and they think there's nobody coming, but somebody peels out of a spot or peels into a uh, parking garage or parking lot. So I definitely hear what you're saying, and I, I can't judge her parenting skills, though I do know two, three seconds, yes, you can. Yeah. What I like is we're somewhat open-minded that there was a lot of possibilities yes. here. We're not throwing anybody. And almost 400,000 people right away. Signed a petition. Signed saying she needs to do jail time. Yeah. And that goes to the whole hater thing. So quick to just yeah. go venomous right. on people. I'm, obviously, she didn't do it on purpose. Maybe there is some skill she needs to learn. But until we really know what it right. is, get the information. Right. And like we say, now people will be different at zoos. They're going to be yep. much more protective and smarter. They may be higher walls. Zoos will have yeah. higher walls. Santa yeah. Barbara doesn't allow you, for example, to get close to the gorillas, except for the plexiglass. Right. However, they do let you feed the giraffes and feed yeah. a few other animals. Even there, you guys... I'm right next to my child. I'm making sure their fingers are together and they're they're back and there's no way. Yeah. But there's accidents happen. Would it yeah. be bad parenting on my part if the giraffe instead of using the tongue used the lip yeah. and it cut the the one child out of 5,000 they've seen or that. Or 5 million that even. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So, so is that on you? Yeah. yeah. But you look at parenting you guys, I laugh. In most states, you need to apply for and get a license to own a gun. In every state, you need to apply for and take a test actually to get a gun. And to get a driver's license, but anyone can have a kid. Oh, God, yeah. There's there's no test. There's no license needed to have a child. Yeah. So I'm not judging her per se. I just I just find it funny. Guys. Yeah. That's my caught in the web. So, Tom, what did you find caught in the web? Well, you know, with kind of looking back on Memorial Day, and, and we all have some friends oh, yeah. and family and all that. Oh, yeah. We kind of have some special time. I, I was just on the web, and I was reading some interesting stuff about the USO. You guys remember yeah, all the, the USO? USO. Bob Hope. Is that what you guys remember mostly? Yeah, like USO Hope? USO shows were always associated with Bob Hope, and yeah. uh, when he passed away, more entertainers picked up. It's now more of a like rock bands show up, comedians yeah. Yeah. show Something up. Something to do for the troops. Thing. Yeah. Well, Robin Williams, that was a huge, huge deal really? for him. Yeah, and yeah. there was a general that came out after he passed away and wrote a really beautiful letter, how much uh, Robin meant to the troops, because he went out there and he just hung with them. He gave and his he heart. And he kind of like left. Catering and said, I'm not going to do his show. And when he was, you know, struggling internally, this was a great place for him to be. You know, he was so beloved. Is your perception that Robin felt at home when he was with the USO? There's no question. That's what he he's actually written about that. But it actually started in 1941. With Bob Hope? uh, Yeah, actually. He came in 42, I believe. And he'd been going for years. And I think we know more from the Vietnam you know, time that he was out there as kids, we might see it. Um, and they would have uh, anywhere from comedians and Frank Sinatra and Clark Gable and all these amazing right. people during war times would come out and be a part of it. 
And he ended up doing 57 tours. Who, Robin? Yeah, uh, no, Bob, Bob Hope. Hope. Okay. And for those kids that don't have good parents and they haven't taught you who Bob Hope is, <laughs> yeah. um, through road movies and Bean Crosby, and he's a big part of our lives yep. just through the past. So what we did is we're going to actually bring it up to date and kind of explain that, you know, since 9-11 and, and the war, we've had a lot of people trying to do the same thing and, and really help uh, with the kids over there. And it, the basis is really just to bring home to there. So and they you, do something s- simple as have a picnic, but bring in food from right. Burger King or, you know, have a coffee shop, bring in movies and do stuff like that. But what we wanted to do is kind of get a, a, a vibe of what, what it's, it's like, like to, to go out yeah. now. And we're going to have someone call in now and uh, and talk about an actual experience yeah. as a world known, world renowned, world famous musician. Yeah. Uh, you want me to say who it is now yeah, or should yeah, we wait the call? Yeah, we're going to call. He's going to call. All him, right, so he's going to call him. We're going to talk in a minute to Doug. Now, who is Doug? Have you heard of the band Hoobastank? They're not I called The Reason. They're called. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so before he gets on, let me say, uh, Doug is your brother. Yeah. Tom, yeah, yeah. he's your youngest brother? He is my youngest brother. And if we were to do a normal show, it'd take about five hours just to, to cover our yeah. story. Yeah. So what we're going to do is just bring him to kind of explain his version of, of what they do and the whole Because whole you're talking about a, a man with a band as a singer, writer, guitar player that over 10 radio hits, number yeah. one. Not just the reason. No, not everybody knows. Not every, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, they won many World MTV Awards, three Grammy nominations just yeah. for the reason. Yeah. And on YouTube, I believe it's over now, 216 million hits yeah. for the video, the reason. Yeah. At every prom and wedding in, in your neighborhood... <laughs> But uh, we're we're excited to have him, but uh, more just to kind of get an insight. So, joining us now, like I said, the one, the only, Doug, lead singer of Hoobastank. Doug, joining us now, like I said, the one, the only, Doug, lead singer of Hoobastank. Doug, love you. Thank you for calling in. The the, the interest. You're already confused. Come on, man. Uh, I was like, who is he guy talking about? All right, let me redo that intro. Uh, but Sammy, I'd like you to play both. Yeah. Let me introduce you now to uh, Doug, Tom Rob's brother. Yeah, that's much better. Yeah, there we go. That's, <laughs> that's so much better. Is that is that well, more relatable? Well, I was called out for longer than the other, so cool. <laughs> that's true. All right, you've traveled the world, bro, and, and I'm proud to say I know you, uh, your family, and you're, you're a great man inside and out. Talk to us about your experience with the USL. Oh, geez. Um, it's something that I, I – that it didn't take long for me to understand – uh, the the dynamic was a little different, you know. Um, was there but, added pressure because you really want them to be happy, right? You really want well, them to take their mind off something for yes. A few I mean, I, I yes, and I think early on you play a show and it and it's kind of about like the band and like we're rocking right. so hard, we're doing this and and and, and did we have a good show? Do we have a good show? And um, when we do these military shows. Um, I don't even care. Like, I don't even, like, I, I, I don't care if, if, uh, like everything on stage goes off of that hitch. I just want to make everybody happy. You know, right. like, especially right. when we're overseas, I, I, I made a point, especially when we were, um, in Iraq, like, like we're so far, all of us are so far from home right now, but you know, at least for this hour and a half, two hours, let's pretend, you know? Let's just pretend we're we're back home, and you know we can go outside. And is it and, about trying to get a connection with them, just wanting them to kind of get a little piece of home for that little window? 
Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just to get out of that. Um, forget that you're putting your life on the line, you know, right. every minute of every day of, you know, and, and just let's just enjoy this and right. hang out. And, and, and uh, that is a different mentality going into a show than it of is course. playing at the whiskey. So, yeah. well, so when, uh, when you talk about that, what I find interesting is how were you approached? Because safety and travel and, and all of those things, your family, man, your bandmates may or may not have had families at the time. What was it like? How did you get approached? Uh, well, early on, it was just kind of like, hey, we're, I think our first uh, shows outside of the States were in um, Japan and Korea. And it's different playing uh, like a USO show in Japan or Korea than it is playing one in Iraq. Uh, so it wasn't something that we really had to sit around and ponder. You know, I think that only really happened once uh, a few years ago when we got an offer to go to uh, Iraq. And we've had some other bands... Uh, friends that are in bands that have done the same, right? And uh, we've we've heard some not horror stories, but there's always like some kind of thing that was yeah. like exciting or whatever. And um, what are the, uh, some of the cooler things you're doing? Are you guys in? Je- I, I think I remember photos of you kind of in jet helicopters and flak jacket and right. Helmets. I mean, it was the whole deal. We flew. Uh, we're all based in LA, and we flew to Minnesota for some like rehearsals and to meet up with uh, some of the people who would be like our tour manager and slash kind of like liaison you know then we flew into kuwait and we, we pretty much this is all just commercial flights you know sure. but everything from there was was military uh we stayed on base i stayed in like little uh a little room i mean i don't i don't who knows it was like 10 by 10 maybe you know yeah. like and um and then they run all this over the safety stuff and and um it, it was in kuwait so it wasn't that right it's friendly. In depth, so yeah, it was just like you know, okay, you know, do this, don't do that. Uh, unbelievably hot. It was in, in the summertime. We just drove for ever. It seemed like forever, just through nothing. And uh, we do this show outside. We, uh, you know, the, but the, during the day we have meet and greets. We hang out. We eat with the. We eat with all the troops. Doug, are uh, you initially shocked at their age? Yes. How young yes, they are? Because. I always consider myself <laughs> up until now, like, oh, I'm one <laughs> yeah. of the young guys, you know, like right. I could be doing this. And then I look and these kids are like 18, 19. Right. And at the time, you know, I'm like 35. Right. And, uh, you're sitting back now going, when did I become the old guy? Yeah. I'm like, dude, they're looking at me like, oh, I used to listen to you when I was, in, you know, 10. <laughs> dude. I danced um, to you at my prom. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's so, it, it, it's a little weird. And they do seem like kids and they seem, uh, they're just super appreciative that you're there. Right. What were some of those? Um, I mean, again, if you don't remember, because you have so many yeah. experiences, bro. Any stories that stand out? You don't have to use names or where they're from, but any stories from the troops? Well, once we got into uh, Iraq, was just one giant story. It's ridiculous. Like it's every every stop we did was was something unusual. You know, um, the first going into Iraq, it became like a military thing. You know, like right. we went to a base. Uh, we got on a like a C-130, basically that was filled with other troops, you wow. know. And at this point, we had uh, flak jackets and helmets on, and um, so they're loading up <laughs> like guitar amps and stuff like that onto the C-130, and it's filled with troops. Uh, so we just sit with there, and there's there's I mean, needless to say, it's hot as shit back yeah. there. Like, <laughs> like we're so we're just like kind of talking, and some guys are are uh, you know just 
Sorry, there was a couple guys just barfing, getting airsick, and, and are you nervous uh, to complain? Though that's the last thing you want to do is complain. Dude, I was guys, not going to complain. No, I was not going to complain one bit. You know? <laughs> and they, and honestly, they probably wouldn't have cared because they're like, you know, they were like I said, they were just like, oh man, it's so rad that you guys are here, oh, and cool. right, and uh, um, but you know, we got to um, we got to go up to the to the cockpit and uh, for a little bit and. Uh, we went. I forget what the order was. It was like to Crete or or Baghdad first. But um, when we, eventually we did get to Baghdad, we stayed our our like where we stayed was in one of Saddam's palaces or his main palace where remember, the U.S. Like, this. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we got like an unofficial tour uh, uh, in a car around like like literally. This is what I'm thinking. It's me and the guys like four dudes from the valley yeah, right. you know taking pictures in front of his front door where he has like the helmets of generals that he's defeated like strung across like christmas lights you know wow. um and I, and the whole time I'm thinking if if we could rewind 10 years what would he think like right. Right. what would this man this dictator think of this kid from the San Fernando Valley standing on his doorstep you know, like drawing dicks and dirt on his window. Right? <laughs> yeah, Seriously, yeah. just, just like, it's a surreal. Yeah. It's like these these like realities colliding. My like normal Southern California, you know, skate punk life right. clashing with this this, this vicious asshole dictator. dictator. Well, yeah, like how how do these worlds like ever cross paths? Yet there I am. You know, like one thing a lot of people ask, uh, especially of the troops and, and of you knowing you were there media. You, come on. You know, the media with what you do and, and how they blow everything out of proportion and no pun on, on the word blow. Mm. What was it like driving around? Were there fears and how did you deal with the fears of thinking there could be a bomb? We could roll. Yeah, over well, something? you know what? We were this in Baghdad. We had one show in Baghdad. So we had two options. We're like, okay, we're going to go, you know, armored convoy in and armored convoy out. Um, but literally that day, before we went, there was uh, an attack, like a terrorist attack, a terrorist attack uh, in one of the marketplaces, like with a car that went in and just blew up. Well, right now, um, which was about six miles from where we performed. So right now, what are you thinking? Then, real quick, this is Doug, lead singer of Hoobastank, joining right. us, sharing I was, experiences I from the we US. Are all, it wasn't like it wasn't uh, a choice. Like, so hey, you guys, do you want to go through the marketplace? <laughs> what? Like it was. They are, they were extremely cautious and obviously uh, ex- extremely professional, and um, at that point it turned into well, how much can you put on two Blackhawks as far as gear gotcha. and equipment? Uh, and we're like, well, we didn't bring much, but we can we'll shove whatever we can. So it turned into a a, a Blackhawk ride from oh, from really? Saddam's palace to this Ford operating base and. Uh, with guns like out and you know cocked and locked and ready to rock like you know, um, and uh, and the return trip was the same thing. Uh, it was all dark, like no lights. It was you know we were told, you know we're going dark on this one to go back um, at <laughs> night for whatever reasons. And uh, yeah, that kind of stuff is surreal. And plus, the show was like one of the strangest yet gratifying things. You know, like we were in this. Picture like a classroom at like night school, literally like there's a good dry erase board and a bunch of like uh, chairs without desks right. that have like um, like U.S. military like covers on them. There's maybe 50 chairs and 
and some just fluorescent lighting <laughs> and some fake plants, you know, like in the corner. And we're like, so wait, where, where are we playing? They're like, right here. This is the room you guys are wow. playing in. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, it was, it was like purposefully like, Hey, this is different, you know, and, right. um, how much they appreciate it right. is, yeah, a, is a different level. Yeah. It's a different level of appreciation than just, Hey, we just played like, you know, at the forum or whatever. So, right. you know, I've always told people there's a handshake, then there's a handshake from a military guy who's kind of been through it. You almost, it's like that movie. You feel what right. they've gone through when they shake your hand and it's just an honest, right. really straight, pretty strong emotion. I mean, I, I, some, some of my, I think the best memories and even like the bonding stuff is like we, we played a show. Um, I don't even know what camp it was, but after, um, we came back to like the, the rec room, basically the, the mess halls slash rec area. And we just, I like played ping pong with 50 dudes, uh, like all night. That's all we did. We just played ping pong and then some video games and they were so stoked. And it was cool just to meet these people and just hang out and, I don't know. They were, like I said, they were just so, they were just so, st- it, it, they were saying, you know, it, it's just like, it's like we're not here. Right. You know, right. You, just you hanging look, out. You look, Doug, you know, okay, so Memorial Day just passed, and unfortunately, some people here in our great country think it's a day to party, and its premise is to recognize those who made the ultimate sacrifice and lost their life. I believe that we recognize that, and every day we should thank those who are making a sacrifice, and their families are, not just Memorial Day or other days, but all throughout the year, and what I see of you and, and the band, Hoobastank, was, and the others who do this, is you're saying thank you in a way that not everyone can. And I, and I take my hat off to you again, bro, because to have the, the platform to do it and not do it says something about people, but you had the platform to do it, and you said, hell yes, and you did it more than once. Well, I, I, what else? You know, I was just like, what else? <laughs> what else would you do? I don't know anybody yet who said no to it yet, so I can't be like, "Oh, those guys are dicks." <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like it's such a it, it's such a no brainer to, right. to give it a shot. You know, we probably um, won't hear about the people that say no. I've heard some I've heard some horror stories. You know, I, I won't I won't name names, but I've heard some horror stories. The troops were telling me there. Oh, you know, about so other so people was, that like diva s kind yeah, of stuff. So and so was here. Yeah, especially that night that we basically played you know Call of Duty and ping pong all night. Oh, like, yeah, the troops, yeah. like uh, they're Isn't saying, like, dude, so you know, this guy uh, was just here like you know three weeks ago, and he made like he had to sleep in his own like yeah. building. Nobody what? could come in. He, he had potpourri and duvet covers and stuff. Basically, they're yeah. like, oh, I used to like that guy. Now I think he's a dick. <laughs> yeah. And so that, that's meeting that we yeah. call that celebrity. When yeah, you, we we talk the, about that. The know, etiquette of a celebrity and the etiquette of a person when they're around a celebrity and seriously man thank you so much for for really we call it off stage because we all know what you did on stage but now we got to hear what happened off stage while you were there with the uso when you're here what you and your 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 friends because like you said you grew up in the valley you were four guys from the valley walking around this dick's mansion and uh dictator but i'm just gonna call him a dick (laughs) we had a yeah i was like we had a i was just see now that i haven't really thought about it in this this in depthly like in a while i'm like there was a night on another base where there was a um there's like these concrete bunkers set up every 50 yards or something like that and they're like basically if, if you're walking around and you hear the siren run drop everything and run into one of these you know so so we're in bed, we're watching, or, you know, we're all in a room because we're all sleeping in the same room. We're like, we're watching some DVD and the siren goes off. 
Whoa. And I like kind of sit up and my, my initial reaction is always like, is this real? Like, right. is this, is this a false alarm? Like, it's right. like, like almost like the smoke alarm going off in your house. Yeah. Like, you don't immediately go, oh, shit, oh my God, my house is on fire. You right, go, you don't okay, grab an extinguisher. What, you look to see yeah, where the battery's dead. Yeah, you go, okay, what's dead? going on? Yeah. But the guy, the, the, the troops that were in the room with us were like, boom, everybody yeah. get out. Like, we were out and, you know, running into the thing. It was a, it was a, a false alarm. Like, didn't, nothing happened. But we were all up now. And it's like <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. You don't <laughs> go to sleep right away after that. No, that yeah, that... I, I end up going out, like, walking a few hundred yards out to these, uh, these guys who had their Humvee parked and their lights on into the darkness at these porta-potties that were probably like 100 yards away with a box of golf balls oh, in the desert, just nice. just hitting golf balls at porta-potties. Nice. Like, <laughs> That's cool. For who knows how long. Well, this yeah. I'm going to spill. This is gonna spill. And I was the only one who hit it, so I, I got to go on record. I'm oh, I like that. <laughs> oh, so your biggest memory from USO is hitting a porta potty with a golf ball yeah, in the it, lights it, of a Humvee. Playing golf in the middle of the yeah, desert at night. True. It was it was like next to one of the ziggurats. Like it was just such a weird thing. Like it doesn't make any sense why I'm doing this or why I'm there. But but that's there life. Was, so that was yeah. life. And you gave stories. All right, before I let you go, because uh, we love having you, and and there's so many more memories and stories you guys can share. What is going on, real quick, with Hoobastank? Any tours? How can people find um, out? We are like in the writing slash recording process. So we're doing a lot of like one-off shows. Right. Uh, we did a show last week. We've got a show next week in New Mexico, somewhere in New Mexico. I got to check the schedule. But um, yeah, just stuff like that while we finish writing and uh, uh, hopefully get into the studio officially and not just like demo mode. Uh, cannot for wait for your next stuff, CD. I yeah, I can't wait for your next CD and your next tour. Is it hoobastank.com? Is it hoobastank all over? Yeah. It's uh, on Instagram, we've been saying on Twitter. It's, it's pretty pretty basic. Thank you, man. I can't wait to see you. I know Holly sends her love to give your give our love to uh, your bride, please. Thank you. Thanks, man. Later. Later. Bye. That was Doug. Uh, first of all, known as Tom Robb's little brother. Well, now you're known as Doug's <laughs> yeah, brother. Yeah. No, and also lead singer of Hoobastank. So anyway, what a cool moment. We're glad he came in, and, and again, was it was just a con. Not only were we caught in the web there, bro. I mean, I, yeah, I don't mean yeah. to cut you off, but not only did you get us caught in the web with the USO and Memorial Day, thank you, because that offered a look into something, I don't know about you, Sam, I've never been able to look that deeply into. We've been asked to come do a few things, Holly yeah, and I, yeah. but not on that level. Yeah. And with what we do and, and the topic we talk about, Tom, the military sometimes shies away from. Absolutely. Though your yeah. brother saying yes, because yeah. he did say well, you don't hear of anyone that has said no. I think that's a thing, though. You don't hear about Oh, there is. I didn't want to contradict. Right. Absolutely, those people say no. They don't have the balls. Abs- yeah. Yeah. You know, real quick, we were at Walter Reed Hospital with Metallica. This is we as in you, not Doug. Yeah, right? me. Right. I'm sorry, me. And I was, well, actually, the bad Metallica was there. I was there <laughs> following them. No, but I want to make sure I didn't know yeah, Doug no, was Yeah, no, no, absolutely yeah. true. And I it can tell you, Metallica is a band that is listened to in the tanks as right. they marching. Do you know what I mean? So oh, yes. when we were there is a very, very emotional moment. We were just talking about uh, someone from the troops maybe hearing his wife's song. No, these are the songs they're listening to as some of their friends are going to death. It's very, very dramatic. So when we were there, we left and we met some amazing, amazing people. And uh, do you know what a person missing two legs call, calls someone missing just one leg, what? a paper cut. 
Uh, <laughs> they have a sense of humor. Oh, they were yeah. so amazing and oh, wow. athletic and fit. And we're we're meeting guys that are just getting their their legs, saying they're going to do the Boston Marathon six Good months later. Yeah, so it was uh, very challenging. And like Doug said, James, myself, we didn't complain about anything for a couple. Sure. Unfortunately, only for a couple weeks. Well, yeah, you but don't, you don't yeah. complain about anything. Your hotel room. Your coffee, you just shut up, and unfortunately, yeah. it wears off. But in those moments, you prioritize, and, and you may look back. I mean, absolutely, you may look yeah. Back just and, to and be humble talking by with it. him, I think about it. Absolutely, we talked about this, you guys. I don't know if it was last week or the week before. Whatever, Trump does, and it looks like now he's going to get the GOP nomination. And with politics, we like to look at you know politicians playing both sides of the coin. Politicians are they really out for it? I think you said it, Tom, and I know you. Echoed it, Sam. Are they doing what's best for their constituents or are they doing what's best for them? And that you have that extreme uh, Tea Party side thinking of running an independent candidate now because of not liking Trump. What happens then, you guys, if on the Democrat, the Bernie or Bust, as one of you said, what if we have four candidates this election year? What What do you see happening? I see a complete change in the cultural and political zeitgeist of the country. We've gone for so long trusting a two-party system, system. working towards a compromise, and now you have people who are outliers refusing to compromise. You have the Bernie or Bus people, and you have the Tea Party, and then you have the establishments floating somewhere in the middle now. My one politic, it's not a big, big issue, is I was uh, reading on the— the web, this kind of thing to catch your attention in a positive way. And it's like, look at all the celebrities following Trump. Right. I was like, I need to know the celebrities following Trump. So I went to, and I've read it about five different ways. And I don't know if you would want to advertise (laughs) the people. And I think they're trying to hide the story. Right. But two things happen. One, to be a celebrity that follows Trump, 90% chance you were on The Apprentice. Oh, good point. Terrell Owens, Steve Baldwin. Yep, yep. Uh, Hulk Hogan, Gary yep. Gary Busey, Gary Busey. Omarosa. <laughs> These are all names. And Tila, uh, what's her name? Tia Tequila. Or? Yeah. Who's broke and is yeah. asking and for these a are Kickstarter names, pay yeah. rent. Yeah. And Dennis Rodman. Oh, so Dennis. these are the people you're parading as backing you. Right. And then they're doing another thing that's kind of interesting. They're throwing out other names that says, Brady's following, Ditka's following, Brady, right. mm-hmm. uh, Holly Holm, the fighter. And all you have to do is read a little bit farther. Not one of them ha- has endorsed him. Right, Brady didn't endorse him. No, didn't Brady no, say? No, he said, I love his hotels and right. I love his golf courses. Right. And uh, then Holly Holm was the same way. She liked that Trump was a dick to Ronda Rousey on tweets. Right. So she kind of was like, I, I back that. But when they asked her to endorse, she had no interest. And then Johnny Damon was on... Um, Apprentice also. Oh, the baseball player. Yeah, Yeah. and uh, they spun it, and he made it very clear. Not Because they had said he did, and he said, no, 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 I said it was nice being on the show. Right. And and some of these other people. But the Hulk Hogan's and Gary Busey's are behind Trump, so good for him. Politics, politics. I just want to stick with sports. I brought this up to you guys before. Is the legacy of LeBron James at stake right now playing in the seventh, sorry, sixth consecutive NBA final? Winning only two. two, two, losing the others, and now he's got a full squad, so no excuse there because the Warriors felt, yeah, you know, they, they people knocked the Warriors last year, guys. They said, oh well, did they really win it? Come on, LeBron was by himself. What's Curry's legacy if he does defeat his team? But he's the one they're going to look at, and what's LeBron's legacy, win or lose? Really, uh, 
if you come out of it, the legacies that are going to get tarnished are one that's a team legacy versus one that's an individual legacy. LeBron, his individual legacy will be tarnished if he does not win this championship right. because he has the full artillery. He was, he said he needed. Yeah, they said he needed. They didn't have last year okay. against the same team. With Curry, they just set the record for the best right. uh, regular season record uh, of all time. Right. If they fall short and don't back it up with the championship, then that legacy is tarnished. But... Yeah, LeBron's legacy will be tarnished and stands to lose more by losing this series than Steph Curry's. Tom, I mean, opinion, you don't care? What? I'm about to explode. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, we're gonna, when he leaves the game, we are going to love LeBron. We're going to love him because if he didn't win, anybody who doesn't like him is going to say he could only win with these certain people. Right. You had to have these certain people He needed two superstars around him. Because now you he's know, got Irving and Love. Back then he had Wade and Bosch. Yeah. I listened to, to Barkley, and he's one of the best announcers, the most honest, and he never terrible. won a He's not terrible at all. And he's not terrible. Yep. And he's never won the championship. Right. And I have so many amazing memories. And people Carmelone. still want to say, yep. because he didn't, he wasn't an amazing player. And that's what bothers me is these guys who wake up every morning and they have to make a contrarian show. Colin Cowherd went off on how average – Golden State was 73 wins. Yeah, you're calling and, that average. And it was, yeah, and he's just the average physical specimen, which is just a strange conversation right. to talk about. One of the greatest, if not the greatest shooter of all time. He said the stupidest thing I ever heard. He said he's 6'3", 180. You take away his shooting, what do you have? Because he he's be the greatest shooter of all time. So yeah. you can't that's take away he, his shooting because no. that's his job. Yeah, and by the way, great at layups, great defense, right. great ball handler. But he was saying we're, we're supposed to be in awe <laughs> of people because they're built like LeBron. Absolutely. Specimen. Right. Amazing. But we back in the day, there was a guy named Keith Wilkes. Yep. Jamal Wilkes, man. Silk Wilkes. And yep. he looked like he never saw a weight. And he just was amazing in what he did. And Good. you appreciate it. Could you find negatives? Of course. of course. But why not celebrate what made him unique and great? Yeah. Go back to Larry Bird. People had negatives about Bird. Yeah. Based on race, based on size, based on that. Couldn't run, couldn't jump. Right. Yeah. He never went to, you know, it didn't look like he walked by a gym. Yeah, but one of the greatest players. But why can't we appreciate the positives? And I hate to sound like that, that no, but guy, you're right. but... I watch UFC fights, and I love both guys. And if someone wins, it's I'm so proud and happy for right. that guy, and I literally hurt for the other. Right. But never do you hear me say, that guy sucked. Right. To be at the level they're at is so unbelievable. We don't have the right, right. to criticize. And even if we were better than them, why criticize? Why criticize? Because then that just shows you have no confidence. And, and again... Not to be redundant, the whole if you're gonna pick a team and be so vocal, right? When they lose, man up and go. I chose the wrong <laughs> yeah. the wrong team, or yeah. I was off. And what a great game this other team played. Yep. Instead of saying how great that comeback was for Golden State when right. they were down three one, he basically said, "Well, it was only because Clay Thompson had that one great game, or or else I would have been right." Because <laughs> that's the point of this story. I chose them. I'm right. I'll spin it if they're right. wrong kind of celebrate that i have one question for you since we're talking about how to what the fuck moment with this whole lakers not even looking at coaches and right. taking luke, luke walton i've got issues on that substitute too. teacher yep. that took over yep. you know the other thing that I, I do like steve kerr he also took over a team that mark jackson had, had yeah, built true. so he got a great team and he i think he's a really because well, kerr team. in my opinion with mark jackson mark's personality Clashed yeah, with the players. I agree. And yeah. I think Mark wanted to be thought of as the star, my opinion. Yeah. Because if you watch him as a commentator, yeah. he's yeah. still. Yeah. 
You bring in Kerr, who is known to be a player's coach, but he's the coach. And a team player. And yeah. a team player. Very much and you look at his career. Yeah, yeah. You know, you didn't hear Kerr like Jackson one-offing. No, yeah. hey, Michael, Scotty, Luke, yeah, yeah, yeah. Horace, Dennis, whoever it was. I also am under the belief, I can't get out there and shoot, you know, what if you take away the shooting ability of Curry, what do you got? Maybe you have a CEO of a company. I don't yeah, know, but he wouldn't yeah. be in the NBA. I can't get out on the court and play, but I do believe, and given the chance, I bet you one of us could have coached to maybe not every win Luke did because Luke may have had some ideas that helped, but with the people surrounding him yeah. and what Kerr was telling him, I think any one of the three of us could have coached him to three-quarters of the wins Luke did. I think there's naive people that I literally think he's exactly. bringing over an undefeated kind of season and yeah. he's experienced it. No, you rode, no. you rode the bus like everybody else did yeah. and we're a part of it. And, and you're not going to be coaching yeah. Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. And Clay Thompson, you, Jeremy you got, Green. And yeah. You got D'Angelo uh, Russell, potentially yeah. a, a Ben Simmons or a Brandon yeah. Ingram. Yeah. You got a youth movement that you got to try and build a, a, I don't a, think a culture you start around. with the 36-year-old Not coach. only that. I think you have someone a little more stable. This is LA, guys. You don't start a youth movement. You can't pull a 76ers for the last five years in Los Angeles. The the fans in L.A. won't accept what the 76ers have done. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, uh, hey, let's tank, let's tank, let's tank. Yeah, we've had losing seasons right. so for a while now. This has not been a winning team. So Wasn't this- it something, if, if the Lakers don't win, Tom, Sam, you might know more than I do, and, and Tom does, that the team reverts back to Genie? And That's something that a deal James that was made with uh, Jimmy Buss and Genie, yeah. where Jim said that if by the end of this Coming, coming upcoming season. season, if they aren't in the playoffs or contending for a championship, then he'll step down as the player personnel director of the team and turn things over to either um, to Mitch Kupchak right. or to Jeannie Buss. Jeannie Buss is the kind of person that is the recruiter. He has She has more of the charisma, charisma that yeah. her father had, and... She, they decided to make her more of the business leader because she has more experience dealing with the owners. Right now, they wanted somebody who was more focused on player stuff and owner stuff. This is where my big problem with the Lakers came in. Why do you need to have one of the the family members of the owner, right. the kid, be involved in player personnel movement when the Lakers were built? Off of somebody like Jerry, Jerry West, West building Cubs, it yep. without the input. If it was up to the owners, the Lakers would have traded James Worthy back in 84 after he threw the ball away to uh, Gerald Henderson. They they held on to him, and he ended up being one of the 50 greatest players of all time, right. Hall of Famer. You can't leave these decisions up to the owners because they're going to be more likely to make knee-jerk responses that have nothing to do with basketball. Well, look at Jerry Jones and the Cowboys. You know, they haven't won a Super Bowl. How many? Now they did win a few. Oh, yeah. And he's right. had his hands yeah. in the mix. But I just I think you're you're in Los Angeles, much bigger market and different market than than a Dallas Cowboy market, even though you are the Cowboys, and you've got to put a team on the court. Oh yeah, you have to trade and I or recruit like you guys said. And Tom, you're right. I, what's Luke or who's Luke going to recruit? Because yeah, you can't, you can't, just... you just can't do a youth build. I don't see the Lakers being able to do a youth build. Yeah, I just don't know what he. Hey, listen, he, if he turns out to be a great coach, that's that's. I'll, yeah. I'll be if the first he's to say shockingly great. knowledgeable about the game. Do you put the time that, in? Then that's the other question. How much how time will the Lakers gonna invest? Be? Yes. I yeah. think the people that hired him are literally thinking he's going to have an incredible season numbers wise. Because no, I don't, think, I don't personally think he can. I think they're willing to give him the leeway to build on Five it. Five years? Yeah. Uh, well, three okay. at most. Three at most. Uh, if they're not a playoff team after three years, then for sure they're going to try and go in a different. Yeah, direction. The Dodgers in the playoffs? What every year? Madeline was here and he's gone. Yeah. So I, yeah, I'm not. I, I mean, I'm not yeah, knocking. I don't know. We're very picky town. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, yeah, it, it's a fickle town that's used to winning. So right. they're doing everything they can to sneak back up, and they don't want the Clippers to be the one to do it. That's the funny part. It's becoming, and you know, it has, it has while, become yeah. for a while with Chris Paul and Blake. Oh, yeah. But that window is definitely on yeah, its way being yeah. shut. Yeah. Uh, they. Yeah. And this is probably this, last year for a doc. Too. This last season, really, the Clippers clippered harder than any Clipper team had clippered before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They have the history of having their best players tear ACLs, tear Achilles tendons, right. ha- have just nothing but injuries, sideline, and derail everything. How about how good Sean Livingston is doing over in Golden State? I love State? it. I love First watching First round draft pick, yeah. right? Remember when he played for the Clips? Oh, well, not just that. The horrifying injury yes. that he had with the Clippers. Yes. To see him being playing, to see him out there playing at this level. On that team. Really makes me happy. I agree. I agree. Okay. All right. You want to toss somebody, TR? Uh, no, two two quick things you guys can comment on. Uh, Thanks. Rio. Yes. <laughs> in case oh, you didn't Zika. No, in Rio. Uh, no, I, I don't want to get into Zuka. No, we Zika. don't have the time. Zuka, what Just, They ordered 500,000 condoms for the Olympic Village. Awesome. So is that enough? Holy crap. I did know the number half of what London. Yeah, London. Half a million. Whatever London had ordered, they this ran is, out. Yeah, this is going to be double because you're right. in Rio. You're in Rio. Prostitution is legal. Yeah. And they were, I, the prostitutes, by the way, were learning English as long as two, three years ago yeah. to prepare for the Olympics. Yeah. Smart move. But yeah, I heard it was something like the ratio of condoms to athlete was something like 87 to 1. That wouldn't be enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> <Not kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about it. You have a lot of young, fit athletes. And once you're done with your event, you know, you've been training for four years straight. Yeah. You need a little, little statement. And the other thing I read sports-wise, pretty funny, is... Have you guys heard that there's going to be the first pot-friendly gym? I did hear what? this. San Francisco. Really? Yes. Yeah, Nothing's going to get done. A, yeah. You know, they can sell a lot of protein bars for sure. Yeah, right. But yeah. Did you hear yeah. who was going to be putting it together? Who? Ricky Williams. Sticky Icky Ricky was. That might I, I think he the might, joke part. I, I, maybe I that was that the joke. TMZ. Maybe that was the that joke. Part I don't know. I think was the joke, but I actually read the article that there is going to be a pot-friendly gym. So you have your. Have area you ever gone to gym high? Uh, no. Have you? No. Yes. I have once. Once. Yeah. And I got to tell you, I don't know what I got done. Yeah. I remember sitting on the machine doing a- uh, pot? Was it pot? Yeah, I got- okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've never, that's actually the only drug I've no. ever tried. It was okay. given to me by my orthopedic surgeon because I didn't want to do opiates. Okay. He said, you're going to need something to relieve, take the edge off the yeah. pain. So he said, I'm writing you a medicinal script. Yeah. I remember doing uh, bench pressing at the gym high. And the only time I couldn't- Remember, did I do 10 because yeah, yeah, it felt like 30? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I do 10 and it was really yeah. one? And I, I wanted pizza and what's yeah, going on want, here? Yeah, ooh, who walked by? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I did the mistake. I'm not a drug guy, as you know. No, not at all. But I know. We, we we took a little bit of upper here for, and so we went into the gym and we're spinning around the gym and we are just screaming and going from place to place. Like a hydroxy there, cut type thing? The, no, not really. <laughs> An 80s kind of high gotcha. So it's Mawang. 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and we are just flying from machine to machine right. and ripping shirts off and sweating through <laughs> and screaming at people for no apparent reason. Robomania! Over, just yeah. everywhere. And we looked at each other. We're like, dude, we're fucking so exhausted. We turned. It was 5.07. Yeah, but it's 
one person that one person that I know that actually had a reputation of being a stoner hitting the gym because he would lose track of all time and just work, work out, out endlessly. Yeah, actually... Rob Van Dam, the wrestler. Oh, R R B D. Yeah, and I personally, whenever I happen to hit the gym, every once in a while I'll smoke before just because you totally lose track of your time. And there's been times where I've been there for two hours just doing cardio, and I'm like, I don't know how I just did. I've smoked maybe five or six times in my life. One of them went to the gym. I, I love the reason you would do it for me. I don't remember if it was productive or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah, no. When I'm at the gym, I want to know I yeah, was productive. I kind of want to know I got And then in done. the old days, the Mawang. What was it? Rip Fuel. Oh, yeah. Rip tried. Fuel with the herbal yeah. ephedra, yeah. which was Mawang, yeah, yeah. which is illegal now. Oh, God. Holy yeah. shit. You take that stuff, your metabolism. You're right, though. Oh, you, you thought just, you were in there for an hour. Just flying across. Six the, minutes, yeah. seven minutes gone by. That's it. Well, you know, at Denver, they have the first. Uh, Recreational? Uh pot bar across from the stadium oh, so wow. it's a line of people going in to smoke bongs and smoke joints and all that stuff and you see them going in and it is the quietest stadium because <laughs> no one's drinking beers and starting fights yeah. they're just like nice play, nice play. Cool. golf I need, clap yeah golf, i need a pizza can, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, if like the ref makes a bad call nobody's blown there's like oh he's human concessions through the room oh, yeah. yeah try harder yeah, try. Nice, nice play <laughs> So Rainbows anyway. and unicorns. <laughs> I want to finish by saying yesterday I went to uh, a good friend of mine's eight-year-old, nine-year-old had a the World Series, their baseball game. Oh, right on. So we're all kind of in a very, very plush, nice area of town. Very participation trophy type okay. thing. So oh, where win or lose, you get a trophy? Yeah. I don't like that, but okay. No, no. I don't either. That's yeah. kind of where this came from. So a friend of mine's son was a high school kid was right. watching his brother batting his brother's nine years old okay he's excited for his brother the other pitcher's really really good and so he just is like hey brett pitcher's weak three women turned around like he had shot someone's dog no for saying the phrase he's weak and didn't they call turned, him didn't shame him turned him around and said turned around to him and said we don't do that here Oh, come on. And I remember only a month ago watching Friday Night Tykes, the pop right. Warner with right. all the yeah. kids in San Antonio, where basically they're fighting in the stands, beating up the re- uh, the referees. They're like, I'll prison rape your family if you touch my kid again. <laughs> yep. And now I'm at this really nice area, and they're like, yep. did you? I'm sorry, what did you say? You said and he was shamed to leave. He had to move because wow. dad was, you might as well. And that's the only comment I heard of the whole game. Negative was the pitcher's weak. weak, and when we grew up, that's oh. like pitcher's got a rubber arm. Yeah. You know, you're not, yeah. you're six we years. want a batter, yeah. not a broken lap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Remember those things? And oh, yeah. now I don't think you're allowed to say that stuff. That little game. Uh-huh. Yeah. So anyway, to wind up, uh, toss sports. Ass, I'll yeah. toss that off. Yeah, not I, toss yeah, one off, but yeah, I would yeah, toss, toss that off. I'm going to be tossing out. I was going to toss out the media, but I think we collectively toss them all out. But really, I, I. Need to, I guess they toss themselves out. I'm going to do it for them anyways. The Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah. Jeez, you got really a 3-1 lead in the series, and you're going out of that game where you get that third win with not like, okay, we just need to close out the series right. and do, take care of business. You're going out like giggling at them and trying to give them all the fuel that they can handle to come back at you guys and knock you guys out of the playoffs. 3-1's tough. Once you get 3-2, you got a little confidence going. Yeah. Especially when you're Golden State. 
Oh, yeah. There was enough mo- uh, momentum going after that game six that going into Golden State, there was really, uh, you knew if Golden State just stayed close enough, right. you were going to be able to get them to crack. And that's exactly what happened. There's some great moments in that series, though. Yeah, there were. Oh, yeah. Know, a lot of I good I like moments. both teams. I like Oklahoma more now than I did before just because I got to know Heart them and more. And both teams were so excited to watch, man. Yeah. I thought it was really one of my most favorite series in a long time. So got the highest, I believe it was a game six. was six. the highest. Five or six. It was three to one. Five. Game five was the highest rated game. I think all season, maybe, or maybe it was game six, I don't know. I think, I think it was game six yeah. that was the highest. Was it? Yeah, right. it's like something Back like in Oklahoma 17 City. You know, after you win Unreal. five, you're like, whatever it takes, Yeah, of course. it's six, because then we come home. home. So it just becomes dogfight, lose, win by one, it doesn't matter, then we go yeah. home. It was amazing, right? The oh, end yeah. Of that game was just unbelievable. I'm tossing bandwagoning. I mean, it's what you talked about with the ESPN yeah. announcers. It's right now people are jumping on different bandwagons with what happened in Cincinnati. You know what? Have an opinion. Stick to your opinion. Yeah. Believe in your opinion. And even if it contradicts what someone else said, different doesn't mean better or worse. Different is simply different. Right. So get off the bandwagon. Have your own opinion. If it follows what others are saying, fine. But if it doesn't, don't switch yours. Yeah. That's what I toss. Please, at least, uh, and whichever way you have an opinion, at least make it be informed. Well, and it, yes, <laughs> yeah. And not just because you Googled it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, you I was going to say at the start of the season, they pick teams, and then you watch 120 games, and then they still feel they have to stick with who they. Who they a pick. lot happens. Isn't that a point of watching these games? It's not a bracket. It's no, not like a. You, no, you've watched now, now make a choice, and they say, well, I chose them at the beginning of the year, even though you haven't right. said anything positive through the playoffs. Now that's the, well, I chose uh, you know Cleveland from the beginning. All right, then so, before yeah. we get off stage, who do you want? I like to see uh, definitely the Warriors. I just I think it's okay. great only to to throw the naysayers who said yeah. last year was like I would love to see it go to seven because I lo- love watching these games. Nothing like because that's think a super Bowl. great time right now. That's I th- I feel that's why the Super Bowl, you guys, is so popular. It's Won yeah. and done. Yeah. A game seven in baseball, a game seven in hockey, game seven in basketball. You're now yeah. one and done. That's yeah. what I like about it. Yeah. Who's uh, your pick? I would, as much as I want to see Cleveland finally as a city pull out of right. this yeah, big agree. slump that it's they've been in. Thing, I, I have so much fun watching Steph Curry and that Warrior yeah. team yeah. play. I I want the Warriors to win because I know I'll be entertained as a basketball fan watching them play at their best. Will either of you be disappointed if LeBron loses or happy if LeBron loses? Because for me, I I don't know if I will if I want LeBron to lose or Golden State to win. Yeah. Does that make sense? So I want Golden State, but I don't know if it's because I care more about Golden State yeah. winning I think or LeBron so. losing. Yeah, that's a good point. For me, it's I, I like the way they carry themselves as, I agree. as a team and in interviews. And I agree. The flopping thing drives me crazy because I think he's such an amazing athlete. Right. And when you see him flop, you Play just – sport. Yeah, you just yeah. it throws me off. That's so why I've never respected Bill Lambert personally. Well, same thing with uh, Blake Griffin. You have these guys who are, should be physically the most imposing players on the court flopping, flopping. like they got shot in the chest. Yeah, Blake's you know? a whole like other, soccer players. Blake's yeah. a whole other show. Do they trade him? Do they keep yeah. him? we got to talk about that one time. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So who do you want? I don't know if it's, I want Golden State to win or if I want LeBron to lose. I want yeah. Golden State to win, but I don't know if it's because yeah. I want LeBron to lose. And I'm going to say something that you said earlier. I do believe there is no beast in the East. I believe the yeah. East is easier They're to beat. It's going to be a bigger challenge. When it was LeBron, LeBron Wade, and Bosh, yeah, they they walked through the East, whereas with the West, yeah. you know, you had Golden State, you had the Clippers. Portland put up a good fight, the yeah, Spurs. Spurs. You got uh, 
Even Houston. Um, yeah. Even Houston with James Harden. You had OKC. Yeah. You had six teams that legitimately, out of the eight, yeah, yeah, could have made a difference. Oh, yeah. But really, the, the sixth best team in the West would have probably knocked off Toronto. Uh, really. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that's yeah. where the NBA is lying right now. Just because more players, unless it's Miami, a lot of players want to go to Miami. For Miami. For Miami. Yeah. But really, a lot of the teams in the East are slowly starting to become the places that people are leaving, right. and yeah. you can only hope that you can get you into the front. You where they don't go, though? You don't see a lot of guys playing on an East team coming to the West. They it's like the tougher, style out there. And it's tougher to get through the West. Yeah. You want to, you know, if you're Durant and you're thinking about, I want to get back to the NBA Finals, Yeah, you, do you go to Miami? Yeah. Go to Miami. <laughs> which is the East. Yeah. I'm just saying it's an easier walk through the East, in my opinion, the last five, six years. Not the Bulls days, not the Pistons days, the Celtics days. Now, though. That's Tom Rob. That's Sexy Sam. I'm Michael. It's time to get off stage.